Hello, welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast special about Annihilation. This is about the latest movie that you can find on your Netflix account. And um, obviously, it goes without saying, we're going to go into real spoiler territory. So, if you haven't seen the film or read the book or just want to just want to find out more about the film, I suggest you go and watch it first. Come back, find out how much of your reality has been defragmented by a prism-like shimmer, and uh, yeah, let's start the podcast. In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk filmy to me. Hello, welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast Annihilation Special. My name is Adam Flint. On my ho- on my pod today, hosting with me, it's one of the original OG guys. Uh, you may know him from previous podcasts like Science, Comedy, other podcasts that he's done on Talk Filmy to Me. But apparently he was on a wrestling podcast not too long ago as well. Jamie Hannon, how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, not too bad, mate. I'm full of the joys of spring at the moment. As, uh, as many people know, I'm a teacher from the previous podcast. Two weeks off, my friend. I couldn't be happier. <laughs> I'm secretly seething with, with <laughs> hatred and, and jealousy at the moment. So, right, let's let's kick on about it. So, Annihilation, the movie that uh, Paramount described as being too smart for audiences. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is condescending as fuck. Yeah, yeah exactly. Don't, <laughs> no, don't bite the hand that feeds you, Paramount. Uh, but basically... This film was made about a year and a half ago, um, written and directed, well, should I say adapted, by a gentleman called Alex Garland. Um, he wrote uh, Ex Machina, a um, really, oh, really yeah. good film. He also wrote the script to, but Danny Boyle directed 28 Days Later. So this guy, and also I think he also directed Dread, the the revamped... Uh, okay, I could actually start to see some of the similarities now, actually. Um, and all three of those films I've actually seen for a change. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> but um, also, actually, like just as a side note, Dread is probably the greatest 3D film I have ever yeah. seen. Yeah, it, it, when they make a film, sometimes they try too hard, don't they, to make a 3D film. Hmm. Like, they put too much bits in it. But Dread, I, I just love that film. Yeah, classic. Uh, I think it's it. been apparently it's being revamped as a TV show, but Amazing. Carl Urban is going to come back and be dread. I am the law. Um, anyway, back to Annihilation. So, um, a couple of years ago, after finishing making Ex Machina, he was given the book because Annihilation itself is actually a book, and uh, it was written a book. It was a book. It was written by Jeff Vandermeer. I haven't read it actually. I went. A couple of years ago, um, a book I was reading called Robo-Apocalypse, you'll never guess what it's about. Uh, uh, chickens. It's about chickens. Was, <laughs> was uh, picked up and adapted for a screenplay, which Steven Spielberg picked up. And I read it and I was like, oh, it's a really, really good book. And there was this BuzzFeed article of like the top 10 books you should read mm. um, that will be adapted to become a screenplay. And I, I bought every book in that list. And it had stuff like Ender's Game, on there and um, Annihilation was also in that list and so I've read pretty much most of that list and Annihilation hasn't I didn't get to unfortunately turns out I picked the wrong one because I've read Ender's Game and the actual film adaptation of that is bloody shit but um, (laughs) anyway so Alex Garland was given the book while he was making Ex Machina and he's only read the book once and he read the book about two years before um, he actually started putting pen to paper and it's the reason why he didn't go back and read the book was because the book is in a first-person sense uh, through right. through Lena's eyes, okay. and it feels like a dream state. The entire mm-hmm. book, mm-hmm. and he wanted to not, you know, you know, like you kind of wake up and you're like, 
what what did I do yesterday? And it's kind of like an illusion of a memory. Yeah. He wanted to write a, a, or adapt, should I say, that story through that lens of, and you kind of get that vibe through the film. Like, yeah, I've got to admit, like, I, I remember when I put the film on, I, I think I had my laptop open at the time and I was doing some work while watching it. And it was one of those films that, the, it starts slow. It yeah. does start very slow, but it's a builder. Uh, and I do remember sort of just like typing away and then something happened that caught my eye. I think it was the, I don't want to go too much into it yet because we're going to go deep, but the first time they see the shimmer. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hello. Laptop shut. <laughs> go to the side. This looks like some science to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see science has presented itself and I, I, want, I, I want to know you better. Yeah. Uh, um, so basically... Alex Garland um, adapted the screenplay uh, based on his his experience from the book. Didn't revisit the book to rewrite the screenplay, which I thought was an interesting play. Paramount, at the time, did have quite a few sci-fi flops. Life came out last year. There was a few other um, endeavours which led Paramount to think, oh shit, have we got a film that, although might be stunning, might be interesting, can the general movie go in public want to see this and at the time Netflix were sniffing around studios picking up projects which have either not been completed or have been completed but they kind of bolted away Paradox for Cloverfield is is one example of that and I've only watched that recently actually and I really enjoyed that I thought it was quite really good it's it's okay it's okay there's a we've got a podcast about that one you can go listen but um so (laughs) Annihilation was offered uh, to Netflix and Netflix done a struck a deal and Paramount come back to Netflix and said as part of the deal we will remake the ending if that's a deal breaker mm-hmm. and Netflix and fair play to Netflix said no we want we want this film in its entirety and we want it in the way it was originally made as well yeah. so I think that's good so let's 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 ask kind of how the project came that's how the, the film mm-hmm. ended up becoming a Netflix original quote unquote but let's talk about the film so overall just what's your initial take on it oh I love Natalie Portman <laughs> uh, just going to put that one right out there, just in case she's listening. As an actress, I think I can't I can't remember a bad film she's been in. Hmm. If I'm honest, like she has been in some real cult classics and some big screens. Are you a Star Wars prequel apologist? Well, the, the Star Wars prequel came out when I was around about the age of fourteen, fifteen, already obsessed with Star Wars. Yeah, and then that came out, and I was like, oh my god, brilliant! And and actually, the only thing I liked in it. That first episode one, Phantom Menace, wasn't that important. I thought she was an incredibly strong character in it. Yeah. And again, this is another role where she is a very strong character. Yeah. She is a leader and she plays that well. I, I don't think I've ever seen a role where she isn't playing a very strong character. She really sells it for me. Um, I and, absolutely... and I would watch it because she's in it. I think the whole cast is fantastic. Yeah. So we've got Gina Rodriguez, Tessa Thompson, who's in a really sort of... They don't make a big deal out of the fact they got Tessa Thompson this. Oscar Isaac, absolutely. Yeah. Isn't it weird that Princess Padme gets with Poe? Yeah, that's a bit weird. That's kind of weird. But, uh, but <laughs> across, the cast, across timelines there. <laughs> yeah, but the cast is absolutely stellar. And, and my when I first saw this film, I've, I've seen it about four times now. And the reason why is because... Four times? Yeah, it, it, it's, I think it's a bit of a masterpiece, if I'm being honest with you, yeah. mate. And the reason why is because there's kind of two two threads in this, this film, right? There's... I don't think I need to go in. Like, as mentioned at the intro, the synopsis, you've seen the film. I don't need to go over that again. But um, in terms of, there's kind of two things here in my mind, right? One is there's a story about the shimmer. Yeah. Okay. There's this, this thing has landed in Miami. It is 
it is we don't know what's happening it's a black box it is yeah. swallowing the area around it and there's a the basic story of we want to know what's going on in the shimmer yeah but then there's the other story of the characters right and that is the why would you go into a place knowing that no one has ever came out alive yeah. other than Natalie Portman is aware of what she thinks is her husband coming back yeah. so why would you go in there and then there's a really interesting scene between I can't remember the name of the character, but the and I've seen it four fucking times. The um, the, the basically the boss, the the boss lady who says to Natalie Portman about the idea of self harm and self destruction yeah. are two different things. Yeah. An interesting take um, in the book, it's it's actually 12 scientists that go in, not five, and they don't ever go into the backstory. There's no backstory in the book of why each of these people have decided to go into the yeah. Shimmer. They just know. And in the book, it's not even called the Shimmer. It's called just Area X. But um, in the film, Alex Garland decided to flesh out each character for a specific purpose. Mm. Each character is not on a route for complete annihilation. They're just very self-harming and they're looking for, for help. Oh, yeah. They all had very flawed characters, didn't yeah. they? they had their, but I, I also thought they were very reflective of you know, normal everyday characters that films don't often explore unless the film is about that specifically, you know, because everyone had a drama in their life yeah. which massively impacted them and who they were, which is what humans are about. And, and actually, I think there's a deeper part of that film which I quite enjoyed was that it was about the human spirit. Yeah. Like, you know, about, they talked about the self-harm and the self-destruction stuff. But also, we are explorers as, as a civilization. you know. You know, yeah. no one had ever climbed Mount Everest until someone had people had died doing it you know no one had ever done it you know made it back alive to the peak and back until someone had done it same with exploring the poles same going out into space you know like we've always sort of wanted to do that always wanted to go that little step further mm. and i think by having these characters that all had personal dramas and personal stuff going on which let's be honest unless the film is about that you never actually go into that sort of depth in a film of what shit has led you to get to this point now yeah, and like I say, each one of these characters, there was, there was one that was a someone who was self-harming, someone who was an ex-addict, someone who suffered a great bereavement. Mm-hmm. And Natalie Portman's character, um, Lena, she um, she was in a failing marriage. Yeah. She was in a marriage where, um, although on principle of it, you see some nice lovey-dovey things, there's mm-hmm. actually some real fundamental cracks in, in them as people. And you, you don't know if this is during or before... Um, before Oh God! What's his name? Kane decides to to go on his first mission yeah. to to go into that, but uh, she has an affair. Yeah. She has an affair because their marriage is at a straining point, and you don't know if Kane was aware of the affair. You knew something was up. I thought him. it was after he went because wasn't he saying about how it's okay? He's gone. Oh, I suppose I could refer to him going on like leave because he's a, a, an army guy, isn't he? So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. I lots, see where you're coming from. There's now. lots yeah, of yeah, interesting yeah. things in that. I made the natural assumption that it was after. But actually, I can see where you're coming from now. That could have been during when he was on, uh, on well, deployment. Do you know when? Let's call him Kane Two. The the when he returns back, which yeah. by the way, fucking weird. That just that, that whole scene where he just turns up and she's just she's, painting she's the bedroom. Just painting the bedroom. Just yeah. like, Oh hey, oh hey, hey, did you get the milk? Um, no, yeah. so <laughs> he sits down and he says, "I saw you in a bedroom," yeah. and she has flashbacks to the scene where it's the sex scene with the guy she was having the affair with. And now, obviously, we know at, by the end of the film that that isn't isn't Kane. That's Whoa! that's that's someone else yeah, that's or the, something that, else. Yeah. And he obviously has inherited some memories 
yeah. of Kane. And does that mean that Kane saw the affair? Did Kane catch them? Does yeah. that mean that? And that brings back to my original point of there's two strands in this film. One is just the basic what is the shimmer and how is it affecting people? And the second is why would someone go in there? Why would someone go in for a suicide mission? Yeah. Now, there is that, that arm of exploratory, yeah. be the first as discover that. There's also a cry for help. Yeah. Now, Kane was in a failed marriage. Kane mm. may have, we, we're led to believe, may have seen his wife had an affair. He's gone because he's, de- you know, how's he going? Because he's just depressed. Life yeah. is fucked for him. So he's gone. Up. So again, a real interesting point. Real layers to it. Do you know what I don't get though? You know, it's about the whole no one can't, you know, no one's got out alive so far. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't they just, like, you know, like, you know, when you're testing the temperature of a bath. Why didn't they step in yeah. out a little bit? Yeah, yeah. 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 You test yeah. the temperature of a bath, you put your toe in, don't you? You put a finger in. Why don't they just step in? Take some samples, come back out again. Yeah. Or just literally one arm in, yeah. out. It's all right. Uh, it's it's yeah. all right, mate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, and they, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping they were just generalising and that they did, you know, like if it was a scientific exploration, you would put someone in a metre in, collect some samples, go back out again. <laughs> you know, At least do the whole classic just, in a submarine suit. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Go through the shimmer. Yeah. You wouldn't just go, right, uh, your mission's go to the lighthouse, which is right at the centre. So. About eight days hike, go straight in. Are we not gonna take some stuff? No, no, no. We're just gonna. <laughs> why, why the lighthouse? Well, because it's a big building. Oh, okay. Yeah, we'll do that. And I know it's, it's the center of it. I know it's the center of it. And all, it's but... been happening for three years yeah. at that point. As yeah, well. exactly. He's like, no one in those three years went. Um, I've got some. I've got an idea. You know, no one. No he one. He was sent to the back of the room. Yeah, uh, you shut up. All right, we do. We do it big. We do it hard, and we go home. Imagine that scene. <laughs> I imagine that scene of, uh, sir. <laughs> so, come in, come in here. Yeah. Um, we've, 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 we've done a bit of research and we've yeah. realised that if we just put a little bit of something in and pull it out, we can actually we can actually review the results and, and start understanding what's going on there. Uh, hold on one second. Beep. Janice, who let this fucking moron in my office? Get him out of here. We oh. go hard or we go home. Oh, man, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to work in a Tesla. <laughs> so... <laughs> Improv scene for you there, but yeah. um, they'll put it in the film, mate. They'll be in the director's cut. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix will be signing us up straight oh, away. It, yeah. But um, so yeah, I totally agree with you. Actually, that's kind of mm. a bit of a plot plot hole there. But um, so I, I I think that's absolutely genius. I love that about the fact that there it, it it makes you think on so many levels. Let's 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 rewind it back though yeah, from yeah. the emotional stuff. Let's talk about just the the cool elements of this. So yeah. they've gone into the shimmer, right? The effects this this oh. film. Yeah. was meant to be on the big screen. And it looks cool, doesn't it? It yeah. looks cool. And that was one of the things that the production team, and Natalie Portman in particular, really vocal about being pissed off at this Netflix deal happening. So yeah. like, no, there is a spectacle here. If you look at the cinematography, yeah. you know, there are lots of scenes where the focal point is, of course, the explorers, but they make up a very small percentage of the screen because yeah. they want you to see the awe and the spectacle. There's a lot of, of the... zoomed out shots, isn't there, where you've got the whole foliage around it. Yeah. And... I mean, yeah, and you know, we've we've got nice big TVs and everything else, but mm. still, the, the, not ma- bragging much, but yeah, yeah, the majority of the audience <laughs> aren't going to see this in the way it was intended to be yeah. made, and that's that's a crying shame because it is beautiful. Yeah, like, like, I mean, watching that on the laptop isn't going to do it justice, if I'm no. honest with you, because it, it is a stunning bit of filming. Like the colours, the vibrancy, yeah, is it's just it is mind blowing. I like, I, and it and it felt alien. Yeah, felt very. It was like they stepped onto another planet. Look, interesting, uh, interesting thing for you. So Kane, um, Poe's character, or should yeah. I say Poe, Oscar Isaac's character, and yeah. um, he's called obviously as I mentioned, they're called Kane. The first dude to die in Alien 
the chest buster. Yeah. That character was called Kane as well. Oh, deep. Deep, like very deep, like very that. deep. Uh, fun fact for you there. So again, obviously some ins- lots of inspiration from a lot of sci-fi tropes in this. If I had to say, if I had to sort of give the, the calls to this, I think it's a mixture of, there's a, like a Blade Runner feel to it because it's quite bleak. Yeah. I think yeah. there's a bit of an alien feel to it. Of Not to be, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking about the, the Ridley Scott movies. Yeah. And um, I also think there's a little bit of 2001 in this yeah. as well. Like how the how it all combines. So I think there's a quite a nice reflection as well about... Well, about exploration going back to the exploration thing as well yeah. and tying in what you just said there is if you think about when we you know when we first colonised America Australia etc yeah. you know we arrived we thought ourselves to be superior we conquered lands we pushed the natives away we didn't really consider them to be equals back then at that time and what this film kind of feels like it kind of feels like it's a terraforming project, you know? Yeah. Like the, the planet is changing to be adaptive to another type of life. Yeah. And, you know, without a doubt, it, you know, if we want to survive as a species, we need to go and explore the, the cosmos. We need to explore the universe. We need to position ourselves on other planets. Because if a big rock from space comes and smashes into us, human race gone. You know, the more planets we colonise, mm-hmm. better chance we've got surviving. But we would want to terraform that. Yeah. Now, if there was life we didn't understand or didn't appreciate they would experience what those people were experiencing in this film. Yeah, very true. Because it's, you know, you'd expand your, your, your region of terraforming over the planet eventually. And if there was life we didn't understand or deemed insignificant because we didn't know it was there or didn't appreciate it. Because there's a scene right at the end, isn't there, where she interacts with this thing. alien thing body. Yeah. And it's almost like, and she does say this, doesn't she? It was like he didn't know I was there. Yeah. Like, he, he didn't know I was there. It was It was mimicking her. But but almost in a way that she, he didn't appreciate that she was a life form, and I thought that was quite a, 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 for me that was a stark comparison to yeah. what would happen if we if we would do the same thing. That's an interesting point. Let's dive in on that. So yeah. you say um, the whole concept of terraforming is, and you're right, yeah, you know, rightfully so. You try and transform it into a little bit of your environment. You yeah. learn a bit about theirs. The best way of learning is by recreating, right? Mm. So let's try and recreate, reverse engineer what these these people are doing, yeah. these things are doing. And it kind of feels like that's what the thing was doing. It was kind of reverse engineering the basic yeah. fabric of life, DNA. Yeah. But not quite getting it right. No, it was yeah. just experimentation. Yeah. And whether it was intentional, and yeah. again, is this intentional or not? We don't know. But um, And there's no coincidence that it has a radius around yeah. the shimmer. Yeah. Of the closer into the shimmer to get, the more things start changing, the more DNA starts yeah. altering. There's a really nice, and you're, you're going to go back and watch this film now. Uh, there's an interesting bit right at the start of the film, the first scene of the film gives this away and you don't realise it. Natalie Portman, or should I say Natalie Squared at this point, because we yeah. don't know if it's her anymore, has a tattoo on her left forearm of a figure eight. She does not have that tattoo when she has those flashbacks being a teacher. She does not have that tattoo at the start of the movie when she enters the shimmer. Oh. Um, Tessa Thompson's character has a figure of eight tattoo yeah. on her arm. Now, I know tattoos aren't part of your DNA, but the fact that appearance is starting to swap over and change over, yeah. and the only point that Natalie Portman actually has the tattoo, when you see it on her arm properly, is in the scene where she is with the alien and she puts the grenade in its hand. She puts oh. the grenade in, in its hand. All of a sudden, she has that figure of eight tattoo. And then all of a sudden, it makes me think, who actually survived that encounter? Yeah, 
Yeah. Did Natalie Portman survive, or should I say, did Lena survive that? Yeah. Or did the the thing that's been created and survive the that? Is, is it a figure of eight, or is it the sign for infinite? Yeah. Or infinity. And that's where it comes to the point about discussion about immortality. Oh. Ho, ho, ho. Wow, we have suddenly gone off the deep end on this Friday morning, on this good Friday morning. <laughs> but do you know, there's an interesting conversation which um, she has with, mm. with her husband in bed where they're talking about the concept of immortality and how actually our genes are flawed because they age. And that, like you say, the, sim- oh God, yeah. the bigger yeah, 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 of yeah. immortality. Oh my God, these are so many links. Do you know what? I used to just watch a film and just enjoy it. Well, now we're analysing well, it. That's why, that's why I yeah. think it's actually a fucking masterpiece because... Yeah. I've had to watch it a few times to actually start pulling on these threads. Yeah. Like, oh my God. So they're talking about that. They're talking about that. So even in the first scene, well, I think it's, is it Benedict Wong? I can't remember the Asian actor who is um, interrogating her at the start. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. He's been in quite a few things. He's never, never a main character, is he? He's always a bit of a, uh, I've never seen him in anything where he's the main. No, but he's, he's fucking but hilarious. He's he's in Doctor Strange, he's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And that is, if it is Benedict Wong, apologies if it's not. But um, yeah, so that scene where he interrogates her right at the start, mm. you don't realise it, but that actually built up so much of the story. So in the book, okay, mm. in the book, Lena decides to stay in the Shimmer for the coming months. You don't know how long. Because there's time dilation as well, isn't there? Because uh, time outside runs slower, no, faster than it does inside the Shimmer. You're let, you don't know. You don't, you, oh, okay. They're in a state of they don't know. So. Okay. Um, like for example the first time they enter the Shimmer not to go off on a tangent I'll come back to yeah. the bit I was talking about in a moment um, when they first go into the Shimmer and they they set up camp and go to sleep yeah. they wake up and they said how long have we been asleep so judging by rations six days yeah, yeah. which means they've been awake they've been doing stuff they just ain't got a fucking clue what's been going on yeah, yeah. some might say when we go out on a pub crawl that's very similar Jamie oh, yeah. but um, <laughs> she, she they have no idea what's going on so there's time dilation Yeah. now in the book um, it ends with her basically saying, I'm going to stay around and study the effects of the Shimmer to find out what happens to her husband, basically. And then there's a load of sequel books that happen where she basically goes insane, where by the end of the series of books, mm-hmm. you do not know if it is Lena anymore or if it is now a creature that's been created in, in the Shimmer. Right, okay. um, but they, Alex Garland has come out and said, like, this is not meant to kickstart a trilogy, not meant to start a film franchise. We wanted to tell a good self-contained story. Yeah. So they took. A it, few... it felt definitive. It didn't feel like there was an opening for a, a sequel. If no, I'm honest. Exactly. It felt, felt. It felt final. So they kind of took the whole series of books and managed to round it off in the first scene of the film when Benedict Wong just says to her, "How did it feel for you out there?" She says, "I don't know, six days, maybe a week." says you're in there for four months. Yeah. Just subtly saying that is basically yeah. taking the entire series of books and bookended it in the first opening scene. You see the figure of eight tattoo on her arm. She basically has given away the whole plot points of the entire film and of the books, and we didn't even know it. Yeah. Now, that's fantastic storytelling. That's fan- yeah. that's genius script writing. Very much. And um, the first, So that first scene where you're explaining about the fact they've been in the shimmer for X number of months... Over that time, their DNA has been changed and spliced and swapped around to the point where they don't know what's up anymore, don't know what's down, and we're left to believe that um, that Lena got out. I don't think Lena got out. I think that that scene where she puts the grenade in the hand of the, the I don't know what Lena. to call it, the other Lena, yeah. I think that's almost very much what, what Kane was doing when yeah. he committed suicide in that video. Yeah. And she's just so confused of what's up, what's down doesn't know what hell's going on maybe as part of the creation of these creatures 
to stop them going insane, because we obviously humans have a very fragile mental state, they almost have to go through that process of killing the other so they don't doubt whether or not they are the real person or not. That's interesting. And so maybe they've got to make that sever by... Because obviously we've only got two examples to look at, haven't we? But both of them died yeah. in one way or another. And so maybe that's maybe that's how they do it. Maybe they have to make that sever so then they can carry on in that new form. So maybe they are both... I think, I think it almost implies doesn't it a little bit if that yeah. they are both these creatures but they don't really fully appreciate that they're creatures they're a very confused state mm. aren't they but for them to make that disconnect and not know whether or not they're the creature maybe there has to be that killing and event the subtlety of suggesting that this process is sped up the closer you get to the the um, lighthouse yeah a great example is when the bear attacks them and takes one of their colleagues away that bear is awesome that's fucking scary it's isn't scary it it's fucking horrible hell, yeah. but, and it has absorbed the vocal cords of one of its victims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And later on, when um, when they're all being stripped, uh, sort of stripped, sort of strapped to chairs, and they hear the crying out, she goes out to yeah. to see to them. I mean, it shows how quickly this process can evolve. But then again, like you say, there's time dilation. We do yeah, not know yeah, yeah. how long they could have yeah. been in that base for weeks. Yeah, we don't know. Yeah. And that's 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 interesting. And that leads me to believe and leads the audience to believe that when the closer we're getting to this uh, to this central point that these things can happen very quickly so Tessa Thompson's character who the self-harmer who basically finds peace I don't know if she's gone insane or found peace to the point where she thinks well I'm not getting out of here alive I want to just become part of the foliage yeah. people yeah. and it sounds like she allows her body to transcend into being plant life yeah weird oh. <laughs> I tell you, we're talking about the plant life. There's a really cool scene, isn't there, where they get to this like, like outcropping of houses, and they get to this field, and there are plant people. And by that, I mean, you know, the, the plants have grown into the shapes of humans. Yeah. And they make a comment of actually, that's when they start making the connection about the DNA being spliced and yeah, and and, and not quite being right. And they said, oh, I bet if you looked at the DNA of those plants and spliced it open. You'd, you'd find, I can't remember what the, I'm not a biologist, but they said there was a, a, a DNA coding that was responsible for the way we grow, the shape that we grow in. Yeah. I said, we bet you find that there. And I was like, oh yeah, that's quite cool. And you see this site and it pans out and you see these images of all these people. But what, I don't know what the symbolism of this is actually, and maybe you could elaborate, um, is that there's one, one of them is an adult, what looks like an adult plant outline person, and a child and they're holding hands. Now, so, if it's a DNA thing, that wouldn't cause them to hold hands. See, that's why I, I don't think it's plants that have evolved a little bit to have that part of DNA. I think it's their humans... The other way. That, the other way. That are, they're, yeah. they're fleeing. They're escaping from their yeah. house. And it's just... It's the last bit of their DNA to assemble with the plant life because that's quite close to the lighthouse isn't it that's deep yeah. in there so that's where it'd be most intense and it would happen so very quickly it would happen very quickly okay yeah. that's interesting I like that yeah, so okay. that's cool that's, that's it. I mean I wish they kind of I mean and this is where it becomes more like a, a Carpenter movie in terms of body shock horror and all that mm. sort of stuff right very the thing feeling about it and that sort yeah. of thing the scenes and I think this would have made a fucking awesome marketing campaign if they released the videos that 
um, Kane and his team were recording yeah. while they were trying. I think there's a story in there. Mm. Almost like a imagine like a version of the thing mixed with aliens of this 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 group of paramilitaries holding out this base as a last stand thing. That would I mean, be an interesting I mean, that, story. That, that could be an interesting prequel if they went down that route. Yeah. Um, but it's is also quite an interesting thing, isn't it? They send a, a full team of military people. Yeah. And then a, a full team of scientists. Yeah. Again, who's that big chief guy? He's not going. Let's mix it up a little bit. Let's have some guys who can shoot, and let's have some well, guys who can do the research Lena's, and find out what's going on. Lena's but, trained. I was about to say, and then they got. Is it any coincidence that they got the one person who's skilled in both and survives in air quotes? She's the one who survives. I mean, you would have thought that again. I'm not trying to critique the film at all. I mean, the fact is, I'm picking out very tiny managerial decisions by fictional characters here, <laughs> uh, and that is my critique of it. You know, well, I, <laughs> I think I think the meeting where they're deciding who goes into yeah, what would have yeah. went something like this. Ah, uh, yes, 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 come in. Um, sir, we we were looking at the composition of the teams that were going into the shimmer. I know very you good. didn't like my idea about sending yeah, yeah. people in and just getting little bits and bobs, but yeah. we think we should take a team of scientists mixed with soldiers who could protect the scientists and the scientists can help maybe think about what's going on in the shimmer. Are you a fucking idiot? What we need is guns. Lots and lots of guns. Then if that fucks up, we'll send the scientists in. It's <sighs> obvious. It's obvious. Why would we mix it up? They don't know how to shoot. They don't know how to do test tubes. We don't mix it up. We'd send one in, they kill everything, then we send the others in. Oh, I hope my application to Tesla has been accepted. <laughs> this is why I'm paid the big bucks. <laughs> <laughs> improv. Uh, so, so, I can just imagine the next tweets will be like, "Please don't do improv." Yeah, please don't do improv again. <laughs> this is this has gone bad down as well as the connect the dots jingle. But uh, so anyway, let's let's tie it back to the film. So we know, obviously, we said about the 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 motives behind the cast and behind the the characters being in the film. Yeah, and the, the sort of strands on there, the effects, yeah. absolutely brilliant. And let's just uh, let's book let's bookend it now. So the last scene, because the, the whole film is actually a retrospective, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a it's an interrogation of Lena of what has happened, why does she believe there? Didn't you notice though in that interrogation, they asked a lot of personal questions like, why do you feel guilty, Lena? Yeah. Why do you feel like you owe him, Lena? Yeah. Should, should I feel guilty? <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the next line of dialogue should be, well, I'm just going to explain my motivation so that the audience understands the plot points of why I feel I need to go into the yeah. shimmer. But yeah. anyway. Um, it's a it's a retrospective movie. They look back as the why the events as why Lena is still there in front of them months later after being in the shimmer, and then it goes back to the question of yeah. who is my husband? Is that yeah. my husband? Yeah. Obviously, we know at this point it's not. She knows it is. What I find fascinating, and this is the realization where I think this is not Lena anymore mm. in the film. A the tattoo for me gives yeah. it away, but also um, she just stood in front of Kane and said. Who are you? And he, oh, are you Kane? Yeah. And he's like, I, I don't think so. Yeah. And she hugs him. Yeah. It's like, doesn't she say something like, I don't think I am either? Or, so, so, or does she just imply that the hug? I can't remember. She now. just implies it. She oh, never right. actually gives a direct answer. I think at yeah. that point, she feels exactly the same. Where yeah. she's like, oh, I don't, I think I'm Lena, but I don't know. And, and that would make sense. Their worlds have been turned upside down by this crazy place with. Awesome crocodiles with multiple teeth. <laughs> yeah, and well, alligator probably. I'm guessing. Well, it didn't it? have shark DNA. Yeah, shark, in there yeah, somehow. shark DNA. Well, they they this is before they realised about the DNA splicing, wasn't it? And they were like, oh, it's got multiple rolls of teeth, like a shark. So I'm guessing, yeah, it probably did. Yeah, but yeah, like just like they've been through hell and back, literally hell and back. Hmm. And so, yeah, there's obviously that journey now of 
are they real? Are they not? Or is it just that they have been so fucked up by what they've seen? Mm. Uh, you know, plus they're the only ones to have survived. Do well. you do you agree with Paramount that this film was too smart for general release? No, no. I don't think I don't think so. I mean, you think about it, there's, there's been lots of science-based films is not a new thing, um, and I don't think there was anything in there that was too technical. You know, they talked about gene splicing. I think anyone knows what the word splice means, and they know genes is to do with your DNA. So I think people can figure that out. I don't think there's any any reason why that would. And I think that, I think that's a bit egotistical, if, I, if I'm honest, to say that that is beyond uh, Joe average public. I mean, some people won't enjoy it. Maybe you know, I can't see why. I don't. I think I think to make that sort of comparison is like saying gravity was too smart for people. Yeah. You know, so, uh, um, uh, sunshine was it sunshine was it sunshine? yeah yeah, yeah, sunshine. yeah the yeah. danny boyle movie yeah yeah, yeah. That, that, that's too smart for people yeah there are bits that appeal to people that might have an interest in those topics yeah of course it would but why would you make a film you don't make films so it alienates 90 percent of the population i think because it was so it's kind of quite bleak on yeah. on surface value anyway but that's uh, life they, i know but <laughs> Blade, Blade Runner 2049 um, is oh, quite I haven't big. seen that yet. Oh, go see it. I, I, and I haven't listened to your podcast on that one because I was like, I want to watch it first and then I'll listen to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a really, really good film, but yeah. commercially it did not do very well. It was very expensive oh. to make. So I think that sort of stuff leads into the... Fi- it was a financial decision. Mm. And I think Netflix, for once, have got a real good property here yeah, in yeah. terms of like they've, they've, been, they've got very lucky with this film. I don't understand why they aren't surfacing this a lot. Yeah, because when you said about watching it, it hadn't popped up on on what's trending on Twitter, on Netflix, or what's new. Um, like obviously that game over guys is all over the place and advertised and stuff like that. I had to really look for it. Yeah. Uh, and the, and the other thing as well, as I said to you earlier, um, obviously off air, which is why I'm repeating it, uh, is that the you know, the graphic image they use for advertising films you know, the, the tiles that you go through yeah. I often make quite a lot of judgments on films based on that yeah. it's wrong totally wrong no, it's, no, got, it's, it's... it's got to pull me in yeah. and I don't think the Annihilation one did that either I, th- I think it was just an image of Natalie no. Portman that pulled me in because it was Natalie Portman but and I really do appreciate her as an actress but, but uh, it, you know you want, you want to be like yeah. oh what's this about yeah exactly and on the day it was released and I know that there's a big cost of hosting these films and everything else, right? But the only way you could find it was by searching Natalie Portman through Netflix. They weren't promoting it. It's like, what? Mm. You've got a fucking amazing masterpiece here of a yeah. film. Great cast, great writers. This would be something you would want to advertise on national yeah. TV. Of Get your yeah. Netflix account because you get access to movies like this. Yeah. And they, they haven't. And I don't know why. I'd, maybe it's a maybe there's a, a cost they have to pay out to Paramount mm. per viewing. Mm. I don't know. But... Um, Anyway, so if we can wrap it off nicely in a bow, for me, it's a five-star film. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, The more I viewed it, the more I enjoyed it. Um, When I first viewed it, it was probably about a three or a four, but going back, going into the details in preparation for this spoiler cast, it's a five for me. What's your opinion? Yeah, I don't think I've given a five yet, I don't think. Um, No. So I'm going to give it a five as well. I was tempted just to give it four and a half just to be contentious and a dick, but I'll give it a five. I think... The first, the first 10 minutes or so are a little bit confusing because it jumps about a bit and it feels a bit slow, but really sick with it because that is, that is purposeful. It's, it's building up to possibly my film of the year so far. Mm. I really, really enjoyed it. And I, it's not often I can sit there 
and a film makes me want to put away I sound like a loser now but put away my work and just focus on that yeah. and this did that you know it was it engaged me mentally it stimulated me not in a sexual way um, <laughs> but I, I, I if you're going to watch a film on Netflix this weekend Easter weekend I'm guessing you're going to publish this over the over yes weekend. yeah yeah I'm otherwise not... my references would be shit <laughs> um, watch it spend some time watch it anyone you're with would enjoy aspects of this film it is a brilliant film Cool. Well, thank you for taking the time to listen to this spoiler cast special about Annihilation. If you've enjoyed this and want to listen to our regular programming, please click on the subscribe button, the like button, the follow button, whatever the button it is on your service that allows you to get more content from Talk Filming to Me. I want to take a moment to thank Jamie so much for his time and dedication to this. Jamie, how can people find you? Uh, on uh, Twitter, uh, at Mr. Hannon in Space. Hannon in Space! When he appears on the podcast, I always do that's my thing. Um, <laughs> but we'll be back next week. We'll be reviewing Ready Player One, and there'll be a streaming gem involved as well as a feature. Till next time, thanks for listening. We're down in the basement. We'll lock the cellar door and baby. Talk filmy to me.